Hi, and welcome to the Anime Host Club. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host today. On episode one, we'll be discussing how we got into anime fandom, and we will cover this season's breakout hit, Keep Your Hands Off Azuken. Please enjoy your stay at the Anime Host Club. Uh, <laughs> podcast audience, I am Dan. <laughs> This is our first ever podcast. This is my first ever podcast. Uh, it's new uncharted territory for me. Uh, we are starting this podcast because all we do at group is sit around talking about anime. And eventually we decided that maybe it would be kind of interesting to put our discussions up on the internet and see if other people wanted to chime in and share their opinions and recommendations and whatever with us. And, uh, yeah, then we can all talk about anime together, which is really all that I ever wanted to talk about with people. You know, I, yeah, the other half of my life is doing my little record label and, and punk stuff and booking tours and, and my, my mail order. But I don't like talking about records with people because my, I have such like hard line opinions about punk and such like strict opinions about punk that I like am so set in my ways and it's impossible for me to enjoy anything because I'm so overly critical of everything. But with anime, I don't feel that way. I feel like I love talking about it and learning more about it. And and I'm not so jaded and cynical about it. So there's still a lot of energy to, to propel forward. Um, my own history with anime, you know, the earliest, like the earliest memories of my life are include anime you know when i think of the three earliest memories i have of my entire life when i you know was born in atlanta georgia i remember going to krispy kremes with my dad i remember taking the cable car up stone mountain and i remember watching macross on tv which would have been robotech and i didn't even know i was watching macross until i was an adult and watched macross and then just certain scenes and screenshots was like just hit me like a bolt of lightning. I was like, Oh my good God. Like I remember watching this when I was, was, you know, fucking practically an infant, you know, like the earliest memories of my life sitting in front of my TV, watching this stuff. And I, I kind of dibble dabbled, uh, you know, in elementary school, I would wake up at six in the morning to just watch cartoons until noon, watch dragon ball Z that had to get up at six because techno man would play at six. Um, the like, yeah, the like also ran generic giant robot show that I'm weirdly attached to because of my childhood experiences. Um, yeah, middle school and high school, you know, I was rent like everybody else. I would rent, you know, Ninja Scroll and and uh, whatnot from Blockbuster. Uh, rented Voices from a Distant Star from Blockbuster around that time. And by the time I went to college, that's when I really kind of shifted gears. I went from spending four or five hours a day in high school, just sitting by myself, listening to punk records, kind of shifted gears in college to spending four or five hours a day, sitting by myself, watching anime and spent all of college. Yeah. Watching and sitting around by myself, watching anime, a lot of grad school like that. And all the way up to my adult life where I, Currently spend, yeah, an hour, two hours, three hours a day, almost every day, just sitting by myself watching anime. 
uh, and yeah, I never really have anybody to talk about it with other than, you know, our, our friend group. So it was real nice to, uh, have a nice weekly conversation about it. Well, you want to go next, Amelia? No, you go next, Jeffrey. Okay. <laughs> How do we meet? We, um, well, I met you and Steven yeah. in in college, and you guys were watching anime in Anime Club, and I was watching Steven in Anime Club. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my, my name is Jeff, and yeah, we, um, we've been talking about this for probably a year now. Um, after listening to AWO's podcast, because I'm a fanboy of their, uh, you know, of their podcast, and I've been seeing, um, been seeing anime's craziest deaths for like the last six years, and I finally put the two and two together uh, last year before Otakon, and I was like, well, if they can do it, we can do it, just like punk, right? Yes. You go to a show, and you're like, well, I, why am I not on stage doing this? I'm gonna make a punk band, um, which reminds me, I sent uh, Dan this <laughs> this crass logo that was merged with the Trigun cross. It was pretty cool. <laughs> 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 I think we got to get that shirt. Yeah, I started watching anime pretty young. Um, I remember my aunt uh, playing Akira on cable. And not really fully understanding what it was. But, you know, we'd watch that. We'd watch Godzilla. Um, so Godzilla was a big part of the experience for me. Um, Japanese film and animation. But yeah, and of course, you know, I was on that bandwagon with Toonami, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat there. I also remember being in college and it's like, yo, it's Saturday night. I got to be back to my room by midnight so i could watch the anime block coming on you know like i know i know this band is playing at like 11 30 but i might have to miss them because i need to see the next episode of america 7 i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, what sailor moon was on there the early days dragon ball z sailor moon and uh what was the samurai samurai troopers right was on there Never. well why the fuck not <laughs> I didn't start liking anime until much, much later in my life. I feel like I started late. I'm always a late bloomer with, like, anything. Like, I'm just like, everyone had been doing it for, like, five years, and I'm just like, oh, wait, what's this thing? It's called anime? Cool. Well, in college, we, um, like, the first few days that we were there, um, I remember you coming over, maybe it was, like, within a week or two, but... It's not important. Um, I remember having City Hunter playing on my computer. And, like, you walked in. Some other people walked in. I was so focused on the anime, City Hunter. I didn't care about socializing. I was still <laughs> I was still a hardcore otaku. Right? <laughs> I, yeah, you're probably the first hardcore <laughs> otaku that I ever met. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to be just like him when I grow up. <laughs> you spawned I, my anime figure collection, Jeffrey. But then I fell off of it. Thank you, Amelia. Yeah, you had. Um, I don't know who, what the character was, but you had a. Um, I think she was kneeling, um, 
with her hands in her like in her lap touching her vagina and her oh. boots were almost out but i think it's probably a bathing suit some kind of anime figure in your yeah room. yeah I... and i was like oh my god that's cute <laughs> that's cute and i'm gonna need to collect all of them yeah that was like a one-off thing i don't i got that um in high school uh steve Strang gave it to me randomly i don't know what show it's from if it's from a show or not just a random figure um but then i fell off probably in 2010 11 after college yeah yeah i I was like i feel like that's opposite of me and i feel like i've told the story before but i've i felt the need to just rid myself of all material things quote unquote um i was was like no more video games no more anime uh conspiracy theories yeah i kind of went to a weird place then um but then started watching stuff right around when kill a kill came out uh i remember that being sort of like oh i gotta start watching anime again Mm. and and i made this uh tumblr bubblegum crash it's still up i just checked it Uh, maybe they deleted it (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, shouts out. I'm 2AM waifu on Tumblr. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I was kind of wondering when you were going to figure out that it was me. I haven't I been think, on in a while. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on in a while either, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sort of the impetus to, uh, to start watching things again. Um, so instead of reviewing things, I was just making GIFs of classic shows. I feel know. like making GIFs of, of shows is almost like paying homage to that specific moment in time that like means so much to mm. you when you're watching that you can like give to somebody else. Sorry, got mm. real deep there for a second. Ooh, blip. Oh, little Tumblr gifts. Oh man. But I I will see uh, some gifts that I make. Like there, I'm scroll. I'm on um, Giphy and uh, I'm like looking for a gift to use. I'm like, I swear I made this gift. <laughs> unless someone else, unless someone, there's a small chance that someone else chose the exact same frames uh, three seconds or whatever long it was of frames and it looks exactly the same that's really cool yeah I'll have to uh, I'll have to link people to that matter of fact if uh, if I start posting on there again um, I will link this podcast because uh, I've got I got quite a m- number of followers. Um, yeah, well, look at Mr. Popular over here. Oh, you missed the, Mr. Popular on Tumblr. What can I say? I, I got a lot of followers. What, what can I say? <laughs> Hell yeah. When did you start getting actually back into anime for real? Like, like this is the moment. Maybe not the kill a kill moment. But. 2016, maybe? Yeah, because we started going to Otakon like regularly in like 2014. I feel yeah. like, but I don't think you came for a couple of them. Yeah, I started. Well, I started. I did like I said before when I was doing the when I was doing the blog. I was downloading um, OVAs from the '80s and '90s, and that was sort of um, it was like backtracking. I didn't care what was out um, at the moment. I just wanted to scrape the bottom of the barrel from that from that decade, specifically the '80s. But yeah, when we started going to Oticon again, like, yes, I still like this medium. I believe it or not. Um, and so, like, what's your favorite genre? Mm, what's, like, the genre that, like, gets you every time? You're like, oh, man, this might be trash, but it's just 
heaven on my eyes. For me, there's like five basic things that I like that I'm always looking for. Giant robots, good love stories, the apocalypse, uh, samurai and ninjas, and fighting spirit. And if it's got some combination of these five things, then for sure that's that's going to be on my radar and something that I'm I'm keen on. And I that really that really was emphasized to me when I was watching Kuroko's basketball. Uh, and I think we talked about this like as I was watching it uh, because I as I went through that show, I, I came to the conclusion, despite what Anime World Order seems to think, I was like, well, actually, the show is not very good, is it? But basically, I don't care because there's still people yelling at each other about how they're never going to be defeated and their fighting spirit is, you know, just, you know, out of control and, and they're the they're the toughest out. And really, that that's all I want is just people yelling at each other about their fighting spirit. You know, maybe throw in a giant robot, maybe throw in a love story, but it's all about the fighting spirit, man. Oh yeah. What about you, Jeffrey? Um, definitely a sci-fi guy. Um, Gundam is my favorite, probably anime franchise. Um, and Dan, thankfully, has jumped on that recently, right? Um, yes. That is my goal for 2020: is to make my way to <laughs> the Gundam franchise. There's a lot to go through. Sort of a soft spot for the for the classic stuff. So if it's if it's made its way into the new stuff, then I'm good to go. I'm not uh, not a huge fan of uh, Moe, as you know, um, Moe shows and high school shows, unless it's Gum Swish. Yo, Beach, that's my genre. Yeah, yeah, I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can make some. Uh, I feel like you also like, um, I mean, I don't know why anyone wouldn't, but I feel like um, you also like to go to the movies to see, like, anime movies that are, like, airing now, that are, like, in theaters now. I feel like, yeah. you know, you're the person that, like, we go to the movies with specifically, like, to watch new anime, like, movies that are coming out. Yeah, I feel like it needs, and I think a lot of films have, they're able to um, captivate you in a, in a different way. Um and maybe a little bit more universal. I think uh, I think that's important. And like you know, if once it's done, you got to be able to walk away and be like, "Hey, like man, I, I want to think about this for two or three days," and sure. it sticks with sticks with you. So that's me. All right, Amelia. Oh me. Um. <laughs> okay. What's up, everyone? Um, my name's Amelia. Um, I do a YouTube thing um and my name on youtube is moe soda my name on everything is moe soda unless you're on tumblr and then i'm 2am waifu um i started watching anime like obviously like most people who grew up in the 90s like you know pokemon sailor moon like without knowing that it was anime um you know i really loved power rangers which is an anime but i feel like definitely leads itself to the anime genre um but um so where do i where do i begin and so i had the spring group um shortly after high school we all got together all the time and um for some reason you know normally we would just go to shows like hardcore shows or you know we would hang out and you know play video games or something like that 
but for some reason one day we decided that we were going to watch anime and my friend Steve put on this anime called Naruto and so it began my anime journey um Naruto like really just like captivated me and I knew about anime it has always been in the back of my mind but for some reason that specific anime at that specific point in my life was like um yes you need to watch all of this right now it does not matter what you are doing with your life you need to stop and watch it all and like at that point in time anime didn't come over regularly like it does now so the way we would watch it is it would air in Japan a fan sub company like group of people would fan sub it and put it up on the internet for you to torrent and we would torrent the newest episode and we would watch it all we would get together watch Naruto every week until like um until I just like couldn't take it anymore and I had to catch up with like the newest episode as soon as it came out and um at the time I had like I was working at Applebee's and um I called out of work for three days and I literally sat on my computer and I would download one episode, wait for it to finish downloading, download another one, watch the episode that just finished downloading while the newest episode was still downloading so I could watch it seamlessly. I did that for three days straight and you know, I didn't get fired or anything. Um, but my my anime watching skills were strong even even in my early days but um after that you know life had to move on because college happened um you know me and jeff both went to the same college and there was lots of homework all the time like i don't i couldn't even function going to my one my one shift a week at the job i had (laughs) like trying to trying to watch anime at the same time like basically the only time we I ever watched anime in college was like if we were at anime club and I would have to make it a point like okay I need to I need to go take a break and like go to anime club and sit and watch something you know life just happens sometimes but um then so I fell off for a little bit I don't I don't know there's just like a lot I feel like that goes on at that point in your life where some sometimes you know you can it anime helps and then sometimes you just have to take a break you know you you learn what animes help you in certain situations so i think it was probably i had won a trip off of facebook to go to japan and i went to japan for a week and did a homestay program and um i didn't know any animes that were uh being advertised so when i came back i was like okay like it's time for anime. So then I started watching anime more, you know, going to Otakon every year, just getting into like, I mean, really what sparked it was like, we went to Otakon because I was like, why don't we go to Otakon? It's like literally right down the street. This is stupid. Um, Why don't we go? So we went and then like, literally I didn't know anything. I'm just like walking around. Everyone is cosplaying all these characters and like all of these, you know, I barely knew anything. So I was just like, let me, let me catch up. I need to play five years of catch up in the anime game before we go to another convention. So I sat and watched mm. every new anime that was coming out. No Game, No Life, Oremo. Like, if it was out at that, at, in 2014, I was watching it alone yeah. in my room. <laughs> yeah, like 100, 100 years to catch up. Yeah, for stuff. real. I would go on forum sites and be like, 
what kind of anime is like this anime? And then I would download it, and sometimes it would be that anime, and sometimes it wouldn't be that anime. Um, you know, sometimes it's not what it says it is. But, um, yeah, so now I go to conventions all the time. Um, I talk about anime and merchandise. Mostly I really like anime figures. I like collecting anime figures and anime merch, so I talk about that a lot on my YouTube channel. Um, you know, the newest animes that are airing because we all need to catch up to that. There's so many all the time. I feel like I'm like wasting my time if I don't catch up because of how how long I've had to catch up for. So I like to keep <laughs> on top of that. <laughs> you know? It's like it's well, like it's impossible I'm, though. It's there's just it there's is really impossible. there's just so it, much media. It is. Just, uh, it is, but that is that is usually what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Catching I, up. I've been exactly the opposite insofar as think currently running My Hero Academia is the only show that I've ever watched kind of as it's running week to week. Otherwise, I'm always watching a completely random smorgasbord of old shows and past season shows and something that just finished up. And um, I guess I guess Isoken is technically still running, but I'm only on like episode six or something or episode seven. So uh, hopefully it'll be done by the time I finish it up. But yeah, I never felt much pressure, or rather, I guess I felt the impossibility of trying to keep up with things as they're running. And I just don't, I don't like the one week wait, you know, mm. episode. I like to watch things at my own pace and at, at my own convenience. So I'm much more yeah. watch something that's already finished. I get that. Because some, like, sometimes I do like wait, I'll wait like three weeks to, to finish watching it until it's caught up. You know, like I get not not wanting to come back every week, but then. Um, oh, actually, I take it back. I guess Vinland Saga was the first one that I watched uh, week to week as it was running. Are you watching Demon Slayer? I still haven't seen Demon Slayer. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta watch it. I gotta. I, I know. know. I get down and watch it. Look, I'm I'm too busy. What you know? I gotta watch all these Gundam OVAs from here. <laughs> That's, I guess that's that that's my motivation. I feel like to watch new animes because, like, yeah, I mean, I get that this podcast is obviously like a great way to bring up older anime and make it more relevant. But I feel like as soon as an anime is done airing, it's now not relevant. Um, and I like to talk about anime all the time. And if like I, if nobody's seen the old ass anime that I'm like watching. And I can't like get feedback or like discussion on it, you know. It kind of like it kind of like discourages me um, from not from watching it because obviously I'm gonna watch it no matter what. Like if I want to watch something, I'm gonna watch it. But you know, it's much easier to talk about the newer animes that are airing than it is to bring up some old ass show that nobody's heard of, like Cats. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think there's there's kind of two interesting angles of discussion on that. One. You know, relating one that anime has transitioned to a a seasonal output, like as things are simulcast and, and accessibility becomes so much easier in the U.S., our sense of digesting anime has shifted from the you know kind of the the sense of when when the three of us were younger that you know there's this this kind of random list of essential shows that you really got to watch if you're into this kind of stuff and you just kind of randomly make your way through this random list like everybody's got to watch cowboy bebop everybody's got to watch trigun 
everybody who's got to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, and you just kind of watch these things uh, as you go, and there's kind of a, a base assumption that if you're actually into this kind of stuff, certainly you've seen Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's a given, so that's something we can all talk about. And I... You know, I I see that change, and I think that that change has been thoroughly analyzed by every YouTube commentator out there. Uh, that anime has over time transitioned to, you know, a weekly sense of what is the latest show, what is the newest show, you know, what's happening this week, this season, you know, and and people being much more caught in the moment than looking at at past works. I think another interesting angle to this discussion is is to kind of uh, intersect this with punk a little bit because punk is the same way, and that is the discussion that us record label people always have is that the shelf life of new releases continues to decrease and records become records lose their relevance so much quicker now than they ever had before. And in a similar way to anime, you know, it's not that punk has somehow become seasonal but it's an issue of market crowding right like mm-hmm. there are now more releases you know the the quantity of of release you know different releases just continues to expand and expand and every single week there's you know a new hot record that you just got to hear you know every month there's you know the latest trendy band and then it transitions to the next trend two months later things just just continue to happen so quickly and the pace of culture continues to accelerate in ways that like when we were younger you know tragedy put out a new record when i was in high school and that was the talk of the town for the entirety that i was in high school you know Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's that's just not it's just not the same anymore anime suffers from market crowding as well insofar as the number of seasonal shows continues to increase you know when we were younger there might only be well actually i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but you know if there were seven like, shows airing yeah there's usually like or now there's 21 yeah 70 70 was the newest season there were seven wow yeah okay. so and all of half of them are shit you know what i mean like it's not it's not yeah. something that you everyone needs to watch the new like the all of them all the time because there's a lot of bad uh, as well as good, but yeah. uh, just the fact that, that there is so much available now when there wasn't, I feel dutiful in my quest to watch all of the new good anime. <laughs> right, I feel that. Yeah. I feel like uh, as as we're living in this these times, we need to we need to watch more anime. <laughs> yeah, well, you figured it'll be at least two two or three like highlighted shows, right? Yeah, a lot. I mean, how do you? I know that you guys might not watch like the most new anime, but like, are there shows that are newer that like you've you've grown you've grown to like? Well, I guess that kind of depends on how new. And so far as like, I love Attack on Titan as much as the next guy. I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as much as the next guy. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if these qualify as being new shows anymore. Mm. Um, continuing. Really, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Demon Slayer is last year, right? Shit, yeah. It finished it's last so year. I, I got well, it. I guess it's not even finished yet because their manga is still being adapted. Okay, and there's a movie coming out. Is there a movie? Yeah, they're they're instead of doing I think a TV series, they're doing uh, a film instead. I hate that. <laughs> I quite literally hate that. Hmm. 
They did that with Made in Abyss too, and I'm pissed. Right. Well, you know, but I'm I'm curious to see how that's gonna play out because I'm I'm willing to believe that the next story arc could be a movie and and like and I I say this as somebody that that I am also very skeptical of movie movie adaptations of TV shows. I don't generally think that movies and TV are uh, interchangeable formats, but I do think that the next chunk of plot in Made in Abyss could come that could fit in a movie you know if the movie was really long i'm down for like a two and a half hour and yeah the latest the latest the latest film is going to be it is it's covering the the next part of the manga where the tv series ended Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. where they go into the next layer and they fight bon drude right and i i think most of that stuff could fit in a movie i pull up my crunchyroll account and see uh what 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 is the latest stuff that I've watched? That really... yeah, what is it? What is it? Because uh, I watch all I watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, Kaguya-sama, Love Is War. I definitely really enjoyed that. Uh, it's not really a ranking show for me, but I really liked it. Oh Michael man! It's also like <laughs> not really a ranking show for me, but I, I got a lot out of it, and I'm anxious to see the next season. Although I don't I don't really think it needs a next season. Like I don't know what a next season is. Uh, like, I don't see where the story is going to go from, from there. Cells at Work really hit hard for me. I, I got a lot out of that, and I'd be keen to see uh, the rest of the manga get adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, have we established that I like trash? Because I feel like I haven't said that yet. Literal trash? Literal trash. <laughs> <laughs> My genres are trash, moe trash, and but, uh, apocalyptic trash. But that could be something to be said about those shows, you know, in that. I don't feel like they are trash. I feel like they are really good. <laughs> <laughs> but the general yeah. sense of trash. Now, do you like those shows for the writing? Is it the I like, characters? What is it's, it? It's really like, if it, like, I can, I'm not very picky, is the thing. Like, I oh. can watch a show, like, even if like something I there's something I don't like about it, I can still watch it. Or like if other people find something like repulsive about it, like if it's a sh- if the I relate to the characters and I relate to the character designs, like then yeah, I can probably watch it. it when shows like don't have good writing is like where I draw my line. <laughs> like if the writing is terrible, like absolutely not. But I also feel like um, I have a really like high standard of like liking a show or like my standards of anime are pretty high at the same time because like um i mean i really like demon slayer i think it's i think it's great all around you know the the ones that i think are great everyone usually thinks are great yeah but you know those shows are built on those old shows that you sometimes maybe people might be um reluctant to watch Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all based. They're 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 all taken from one another, right? They're mm-hmm. all tropes, and when you've watched and digested so much of what's already been out, it's hard to want to watch it again. Yeah, like well, what's, see, that's what's the so thing, new like, about it? Sometimes, like uh, like relating it to music, like sometimes I just want the same album but differently, over mm-hmm. and over again. 
play. Right. It's familiar. It's familiar. I really, you know, different words. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know if it's even familiar and so or as much as you know what you like. So, yeah. you know, right. like I always like fighting spirit, whether it's in boxing like Hajime no Ippo or it's a giant robot like Tenzin Tapaguna and Lagan. You know, just just keep feeding me that that same. You know, I'm never giving up. I'm like, I too will never give up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to hear. You know, right? No, that's 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 a good point. And you know, like shows like Vinland Saga, like that to me, it's really good. But it makes me think of Berserk, and yeah, for its yeah. epic storytelling. You know, that, and the manga for sure is graphic and violent. Maybe that's the big difference too. Violence. Yeah. After well, yeah. After listening to an episode of AWO, it's like yes, those shows from the '90s and '80s were really violent and gory. They didn't have censorship. Honestly. Well, I think it's I think it's not even a censorship issue. I think it's a it's a sense of uh, what I think it's a sense of target audience, and I think it's a, a sense of what anime is supposed to be supposed to be selling to people and also yeah when we think of brand new shows i mean vinland saga is number one for me you know actually fuck every other show i just mentioned (laughs) yeah like that shit really hit me hard i I thought that was just absolutely uh yeah i i didn't really i only knew that the general premise of that franchise prior to the anime adaptation but I, I thought the anime adaptation just knocked me the fuck out. I could not get enough of it. I went and read the next string of, of manga, um, mm-hmm. Arms and Noble. Uh, it, it, yeah, really amazing stuff. And I didn't realize until recently it was done by the same guy that wrote Planetes, uh, which also is one of my very top ten favorite anime shows of all time. And that guy surely has a... A great sense of the human condition. Yeah, he's a he's a, a great man. Uh, but yeah, I think I think you know from my perspective, my thought process has always been that that anime at that time, you know, when we think of like, oh, why are all the early '90s shows so over violent? Because that was the sense of of target audience and market demand at that time. I think people had were kind of selling anime short and assuming like, well, you know people are watching anime to get things that they don't get from other mediums. So, you know, we got to, we're, we're running on style and running on what's cool and what's, you know, what's exciting to people. And that's going to be like giant monsters tearing people to shreds, their guts flying everywhere because that's not really seen in so much in live action stuff. And that's what, you know, that's what people are coming to anime for. So that's what we're going to give them. And, you know, this is adult cartoons. It's like the old manga manga videos um, advertisements. It's like this ain't your parents' cartoon. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I feel like um, I feel like the, like the like older anime was like the people that were the the way that you got that anime is if there was like a bootleg that you got or like you like knew a place that sold it that had imported it. Or, you know, it was a manga video, anime corpse, like whatever at release that you somehow got your hands on. And if you were out buying stuff like that, you had to be older. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, a 14-year-old's going to go up to New York and find their bootleg 
um, vendor, you know, because they're going to need their parents' permission or like they're going to need a parent to accompany them. So people who digested anime, I feel like at that time were more of the older um, crowd. That's true. I agree. And I'm thankful that the, I don't know, from, from my perspective, the industry of anime has shifted over time not necessarily to be more all ages, as you described, but to just stop putting this like kind of arbitrary sense of what is supposed to be appealing about anime and, and letting anime do as it will. You know, like I don't think stories like Vinland Saga would necessarily have been, well, I mean, maybe Vinland Saga is a bad example because it's got some kind of gory parts to it too. But, is it? I know it's gory because I watched it and I thought it was great and I loved how much blood there was in it. But I feel like it could have been gorier. Yeah, that's you true. know. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they didn't take it far enough. It was an angel cop. Yeah, yeah it's no angel cop. <laughs> no, oh my god. True. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they paved the way for this to happen for the show to yeah. Produced. I think now, now more than ever, it is possible to have successful shows and have you know kind of artistically great shows that run on you know kind of any premise under the sun. Like Mushishi, actually, that's a better example. You, I don't think Mushishi could have been as easily made, you know, in the early '90s, you know, with this arbitrary sense of like, well, anime really needs to be violent and exciting, or it needs to be really over-sexualized and and goofy to make it a comedy you know this this like quiet melancholic show about a guy wandering around solving people's vaguely supernatural problems in very like real practical ways you know like why would anybody be watching that you know like there ain't no blood and guts there ain't no sex there's no nothing to, to really sell this but it's like well you what sells it is the the quality, you know, the the story, the ambiance, you know, the, the, the merit of this in and of itself. And it doesn't need any of this extra, you know, like um, extra hype or, or any of this, this extra circumstance to it. You know, what, what hooks you is just the fact that it's a great story anyway. Mm-hmm. That doesn't need all the extra blood and guts to, to be exciting and interesting. Um, yeah. And, uh, that that's kind of why that uh you know i never watched devil man and i never uh, i've been meaning to go back and and rewatch um fist of the north star but a lot of those contemporaneous shows you know guyver and whatever i never watched any of that stuff even when i was younger just because i what i like are like good stories good characters and these the anime from that time is too reliant on over violence and and over sex and not you know there's not not anything to really sink your teeth into so you so you didn't go to blockbuster and rent geno cyber and akira well i never went to blockbuster to rent to rent anime i didn't even know blockbuster had anime until yeah we talk about renting anime from blockbuster <laughs> i feel like um i <laughs> I feel like I grew up in the wrong family. I feel like my parents didn't like anime, so they didn't never like tell me about it, and I'm just like bitter. Mm. <laughs> well, there's well, a small section. I could have been watching anime this whole my whole life. Well, I so 
I actually, I did see Geno Cyber, but only because Steven gave it to me on DVD, and then me and Amy watched it. And Geno Cyber is extremely entertaining, and like, I'm, as I've, it's not that I, I guess I've, I've made it sound like I dislike all this, this certain trope of anime. It's not necessarily that I dislike it, or maybe it is, but like, there is there is redeeming quality to it. Like I watched I watched Geno Cyber with, with my bandmate Danny, and you know there's a lot to be said for just the intrinsic entertainment of just like high energy action sequences with people blowing the fuck up and giant monsters <laughs> pull up and shit. It's like damn, dude, yeah, I just saw that woman's intestines just like fly everywhere. That's fucking crazy, you know. What <laughs> you know? And we're we're you know eating chips and having a good time and and yelling at each other and shit. And it's fun, you know. But mm. uh. That is not normally the context in which I watch anime. I'm normally sitting down and watching it by myself and really thinking about, you know, the great thematic lessons of what I just saw. I'm like, wow, what a beautiful, nuanced character relationship in Berserk. Or like, wow, that was a really poignant, you know, story, you know, moment about pacifism and Vinland Saga. Or, you know, Yang, you know, Admiral Yang is on screen, so I'm crying during Legends of the Galactic Heroes, you know? Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. I've seen literally none of those anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, I like I like stuff to sink your teeth into. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. I want to knock the, the, the you know, over-violent shows because they are fun and in a different context, I would enjoy them a lot more. It's just not a context I often get a chance to, oh. to view them in. I think a lot of that stuff is garbage, though. The ultra-violent stuff. It's like torture... Uh, uh, torture yeah. porn or like violent well, you know what I mean? it's I feel like my views on that are a little bit different just because <laughs> Steven <laughs> like that's all he watches so like are you kind of like I got a guy I kind of get the art in it a lot of the yeah. times but then I'll, I'll also I have like conflicting views like I get why it's here why they've made it it's artful it's artistic whatever but then like the other part of me is like man but I just don't like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to. Not, uh, we'll it could be a great story, but like, yeah, <laughs> we'll have to guess guess spot. Yeah, we'll just do a ultra violent uh, show review day. Yeah. That'd be good. I'm down with that. I don't know, Azokin. <laughs> can't have that. Have you been watching? Have you been watching this show, Amelia? Yeah. It is really good. I, I love it so much. It's it's really different than the other uh, Yuasa works, huh? That's a big. It's a big departure from the rest of his catalog. <sighs> it's so good. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's I just I think it, it's just like my genre. Like I love like nerds doing nerd stuff, and like making an actual anime is something that I'm like super interested in. Not that I could like ever actually do it, but. <laughs> I think it's really cool when someone can, and then they animate how they yeah. do that. <laughs> well, and that part of what I like about it is the way they flirt with reality throughout mm -hmm. that show. The way they they, and that's really like the power of anime in general, right? That you can bring things to life that uh, may otherwise not be feasible. And mm -hmm. Izo can kind of has their whole show based on that idea where they're like a bunch of anime people talking about making an anime and then their ideas spring into life in front of, you know, and among them, you know, around them. 
and they're interacting with all their ideas as if they're real. You know, they're showing their their little um, preview piece to the student council, and everybody's got the like the you know when they have their character in the animation jumping off the plane, then the whole audience has all the wind coming at them, and and you know when the tank shoots a bullet and a big you know shell casing jumps out then it lands next to the audience and some kid from the audience is looking at it like oh my god i can't believe it's real and that that inner immersing that like whimsical interspersion of of real life and fantasy i think is is very endearing and it gives the show a lot of, of emotional meat to it i think and flip flappers was like that too i thought it was very similar to flip flappers in that way mm-hmm. There's flip-flops, there's more dramatic, but I think Isoken is more, like, uh, fun. You know, it's more carefree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen flip-flappers. Is that a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another short one. It's only, like, 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like to think that that's how everyone uh, is getting immersed into their anime while they're watching it. <laughs> Um, my problem is a lot of times I can't see what's happening because of all the tears in my eyes. <laughs> it isn't a very nostalgic in a way, like wistful, you know, in that um, it, made me, it makes me think of why I got into anime in the first place. Like that, that magic that it creates. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you one scene that really stood out to me was the scene where they're showing their preview to the student council and the whole crowd is is just like so blown away jaw dropped they're like wow like that was such a crazy experience they actually made that i can't believe that that we just witnessed such a thing and then the three of them are just sitting there like nitpicking it to shit and (laughs) like well, you know, the shadow to that explosion cloud really, like, you know, it was missing from a frame, and it really looked a little awkward, and like, yeah, you know, some of the stuff you just don't really see till you look at the final product, you know, mm-hmm. we really gotta, like, change how the tank animates, you know, needs to move, you know, and, and I felt like that's truly the mark of people that are dedicated to their craft, because yes. I'm, I feel the same way when it comes to music and, and records and whatnot, when, like, you're never satisfied with anything, you're just like always like anything you make, you're never happy with it. You're just always going berserk about all the littlest things. And it's, it's it's because the good examples of this stuff are so meaningful to you and you want your own works to measure up, but in your own mind, you know, that's, that's just never really possible. The stuff that you create is just never going to be as good as your favorite stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I definitely feel that way with art, dude. Like, yeah <laughs> the constant well, struggle yeah i was gonna say uh being in you took animation classes right Amelia? yeah At least one. Mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like we're having a project that you've dead what a deadline you know you got six months or semester mm-hmm. to finish this one project um and piecing it together like the whole that whole uh process is relatable um but to do it outside of that environment where you have all the resources, that's hard. Yeah. You know? Um, and maybe it's not hard. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lazy. But uh, um, the passion to do it is different. 
once when you're, you're in actually that environment. and when you're in that environment when you're in school when when yeah. there's things and people pushing you forward you know yeah yeah exactly and yeah. just like good oh you go ahead go ahead no, it's just just to reiterate, and just and just the fact that um, not only resources, but um, just free time, really. Because think about all the the energy. What do they say? Like 40, 40 man hours a day, or not a day? Um, like a I'm trying to think how many hours. A drawing. They were saying. No, they were they Which were discussing they were discussing how long it would take to do like six minutes of animation or ten oh, minutes yeah, of animation. Yeah, yeah. For um, 40, what was it? The, a certain number of hours per day without sleep for the next two months or something. It was something like that. It was something ridiculous. Like you can't, there aren't even that many hours in a day and you need to do that nonstop without sleeping or resting for a 40 hours animation. in a day. <laughs> uh, well, and that leads to another thought that I've had watching the show is just how much I like the uh, the young woman with with the toothy smile I forget her name um, the tall one yeah the tall one the oh, boss the uh, boss lady yeah and I I really vibe with her sense of practicality and her sense Man. of you know getting uh, getting four on the floor and and getting to work and and uh, you know her, yeah and and you know I. I have an appreciation for like the large scale vision and and the passion that goes into creating artistic endeavors, but at the end of the day, I am definitely a uh, yeah a Sayaka type character. I'm very much like you know as you can tell just as I talk about our own little anime podcast. I am a very like you know let's let's get a schedule, let's get a budget, let's iron out all the little nitty-gritty details and <laughs> responsibilities and such so we know exactly what it is we're doing. You know, and that's that's part of why I, you know, I was always that way in bands is how I treat my record label as well. Um, I've always been much more focused on, you know, practical, yeah, the practical nuts and bolts and, and the more real-world sense of, of defined goals rather than striking forth with uh, just just passion but no focus yeah i feel the same i always like like literally like this is me planning out my weekend like <laughs> i plan everything out and i make sure that like i have enough time and like i'm not like horsing around and doing it and i feel like i feel i feel like very much into her so much i'm just like wait a second i need to stop i need to figure out what i'm doing like i need someone to tell me to like stop watching anime and like get started on my work we need managers dan can be our manager i'll be the manager manager <laughs> danager so who's who's midori then who's and who's the model who's the model girl was it Subasa or whatever? Oh. Subame. Yeah, she's cute. I yes. love how much she just like really like her backstory that they went into like two like two episodes ago before the big showcase. Um, like liter like brought me so much into her character because, um, you know she has been studying since she was like born. Every moment of every day, she's studying movement and like. Mm how things work and she studies it with like so much like i don't know what's the word 
passion, I guess. She's yeah. always learning. And I feel like I need to learn something from her. <laughs> She's tenacious. She is. Tenacious, tenacious Midori. I want to talk more about Aizouken because it, it is really interesting that that this you know Mr. Yuasa guy like this really does stand far away from the rest of his catalog in a way that's really interesting like everything else that he's done you know Aiba uh, to uh, Double Man Crybaby all of it has such a distinct animation style and and art style and all of it has such a distinct mood to it as well like everything he does has this kind of like under undertone of of i don't know like melancholy you know like half these shows you know kaiba and double man crybaby both practically end in the apocalypse and whoa he did cat soup I, I didn't see that yeah whoa okay well, that explains a lot <laughs> cat soup's fucking bizarre yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, like, it is kind of I can I can see like his influence on Isaacin because it is kind of like, you know, taking reality to another level. Mm. I have not seen the the Tatami Galaxy yet. But I haven't seen a lot of his work actually. Tatami I, I, yeah, Tatami Galaxy, Kaiba we all watched ping pong together. That ping was pong. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Have you guys seen yeah. Mind Game? No, seeing seeing clips of it. It looks real good. It looks like something I. Um, in anime's craziest deaths, they showed a clip from that. Um, this guy got shot in his asshole. Oh. They showed his death. Uh, That was AWO. Well, Daryl Surratt was. Were you you in that? Were you with me when you saw that, Dan? Yes. Okay. Otakon, I feel like we were probably all there. <laughs> I don't know. It all, all the conventions are like... They blur? Yeah, they really are. Uh, there yes. was an anime's craziest death where Jeff and I were separated from you two. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. So what's your favorite uh, Uwasa work then? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> were you I, guess, I guess the correct answer is Kaiba. <laughs> Kaiba is the show that I've had the most loyalty to over the years. I've seen it a ton of times. I oh yeah, I always keep coming back to it. I love the kind of overarching melancholy and and kind of subdued desperation of that show. I love the yeah, like the the kind of dystopian politics, but also mixed with this mysterious love story and and mysterious you know kind of nuanced character relationships um and it's a show that really you get it's a show that really rewards you for watching it over and over i think there's a lot to it that is lurking beneath the depths and i think it becomes much easier to track the more you see it because there's so much body swapping throughout that show 
Mm. And there's so much foreshadowing throughout that show. Uh, I can see how it could be confusing to watch on the first go, but after you've seen it two or three times, it you know starts to make a lot more sense and, and become a lot more uh, easily navigated. Uh, but all that being said, I mean, yeah, ping pong also really big for me. Uh, Have I you relate... seen Ride Your Weight? No. That apparently came out last year, and it kind of looks like Eyes of Ken. Yeah, that's just that was just in theaters. Oh, was it? Yeah. For and like we did two it days. Yeah, oh, okay. I, For two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tatami Galaxy is definitely worth watching as well. I watched that in college, and, and I thought that hit quite hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all you know, all of these shows are like very deep looks at the human experience, and and you know these kind of deep emotional studies. And Isoken is really not like that at all. That's part of why I, I think it's it's like really weird. It's a, it's a totally new branching off of, of Ua, what I would consider to be Uwasa's kind of signature style. Mm. Tatami Galaxy, Ping Pong, Kaiba, and Devilman Crybaby all like fit together very, very nicely. They're all like thematically similar. They're all stylistically similar. They're all very different in content and different in genre but they feel very similar to each other when you're actually watching them. And Izoken is unlike any of these other shows. Um, I also maybe I feel like the only person that was not swooning over Devil Man Crybaby, not that I disliked it at all, because I, I liked it just fine, but I definitely had a feeling like everybody, everybody that's heaping all this best of best anime ever praise on Devil Man Crybaby <laughs> really be giving it to Kaiba. Uh, yeah, I didn't really feel like it was, like, crazy good, but it also was, like, interesting and entertaining. So, like, like compared to something, you know, obviously, like, uh, a Slice of Life show, like, Devilman Crybaby is going to be, like, more action-packed and, like, better to look at than just, like, people going to school and doing whatever. But I didn't really feel like it was, like, this crazy best of, like, have to watch kind of show like everybody was like ex- like explaining it mm-hmm. but uh, also it was good i think if <laughs> so. you if you've watched the um the ovas they guess where they're from the 90s mm-hmm. um maybe they're late 80s i can't remember but they uh that connection with that show and then wanting to watch the newer version maybe you had to have a more of a connection with it um um, we like uh, once at like when we had rope, we did a couple anime nights. Were you there for one of them, Jeffrey? Yeah, it's I feel like right. we watched um, we watched a co- like two episodes of Devil Man or yeah, yeah, Devil Man, like the old yeah. old old ass one. And mm. I mean, I kind of still like that one better. Better, yeah. Yeah. What did, What did you like about it better? Uh, just like the story, like you know how everything progressed. And it like the obviously like it's it's the it's the classic like new anime versus old anime and old anime is always going to be classic and nostalgic and new anime just doesn't have that yet so like I like old anime you know it's like that kind of mentality where like it was the first and it is good still I feel like it's just too short hmm yeah yeah I never saw the original. 
just because I have not dug that deeply into that that kind of time and place of uh, gore oriented monster anime, you know, from from the late eighties, early nineties, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess I understood that Devil Man Crybaby was was added a lot to the story that's not originally there, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly, uh, you know, how different it is. I mean, I think it stands. Uh, I think it stands on its own mm. as being something separate. I got a, I got a lot of strong feelings for for Crybaby. Okay. It made me cry. It just made me cry a lot. What really? Nope. Really? <laughs> really? I mean, uh, I think I shit a tear. I'll say that. Oh wow! Uh, no, who's the crybaby? <laughs> oh no, who's the Jeff? Who's the crybaby? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to go and destroy Jeffrey the earth? Jeffrey <laughs> man, crybaby. <laughs> Jeffrey man. <laughs> 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 I'm okay with that. I mean, I really like the raid scenes. The raid scenes are really cool when everybody's like uh, transforming into monsters. Yeah, the rave scenes are definitely really cool. But that's also something that I very much like is monsters. So <laughs> fit very well with my theme. I liked when when there was a giant apocalypse and everybody died. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like these kind of apocalyptic moments in anime in general, you know, whether it's Devil Man Crybaby or Kaiba or like Wolf's Reign or Technolize, you know, anything that deals with the end of existence. Um, I vibe with that. I like that. Uh, animes that are about like a very like catastrophic event that happen mm. that bring about the apocalypse or something else like uh, Terror in Tokyo, if you've seen that. Or um, there's this new anime that came out last year. It was a, a Netflix like fully 3D animated movie uh, mm. called Revisions, and that was kind of like a mech, yeah. mech show. Like, oh yeah. man, yes. Afia and Justin were were recommending that to me, and we watched an episode together, and I thought that looked pretty good. I'm I'm it's on my long list of things to watch at some point. Yeah. Oh like, man, I enjoyed it. Mm. But I'm not I'm not one to like discredit 3D animation. Like I will I accept anything as as it is supposed to be seen, like however they want it to. Sometimes I don't like it, but you know, um, I'm not gonna not watch something because it's 3D. Right. Mouth yeah, is it's... terrible 3D. Then yeah, like well, it's case on. case by case basis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know when I when I think of terrible 3D. I mean, terrible 3D can mean a lot of things. I think Netflix has a history of terrible 3D shows, like Knights of Sidonia, which, I, in my eyes, inarguably looks bad. But I'm, I totally, I'm, I like that show, and I don't mind the art style. Like, I am, I'm willing to accept these like clunky, awful-looking shows because, I guess, because the character designs are still appealing, even if. Mm. The- I, I think that must be the big clinching point to me, that yeah, the character designs are still appealing, even if the overall art style is a bit awkward and the animation is a bit awkward. You know, I still like you know resonate with these characters as individuals because they look appealing to me. I think of that differently than the Ghost in the Shell Netflix show that that has the trailers out, where like arguably the animation is better. And the general sense of art style is arguably better, but 
the character designs are so grossly unacceptable that I, I I will not acknowledge that that I will not acknowledge it. Fuck that stupid show. Reboot. It's reboot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, how did you feel about Berserk? That animation. Same. Well. Yeah. yeah, what about Berserk? Well, I mean, that is a good point. I mean, everyone said that it was terrible, but I I, I watched, like, the first two episodes of, like, the new Berserk, and, like, yeah, it wasn't great, but I feel like, and maybe because I, like, haven't watched the original or anything, but I feel like it wasn't, like, that bad. But I can see where people would, like, connect with characters in a specific way. Um, and then, like, them being changed in the future being, like, kind of sucky. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, well, it's it's a different kind of feeling because I already know the story. And mm -hmm. I know all these characters. And this is, you know, a franchise that I am really emotionally attached to. And characters that I'm really emotionally attached to. So there is a degree of joy that I get just from watching the you know these people I care about doing you know these exciting things and going through the story that I really like so much. Uh, it is true that the animation is pretty unacceptably awful, and more than just the animation, yeah, like you know the character designs are certainly a poor judgment call. That like sound design is really bad. I mean, there's you know bajillions of videos all over the internet that are just tearing this thing to shreds and I've watched every single one of them. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with them. You know, I, I see what they're talking about. I see it too. Um, so yeah, I, I watched all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, one time through just because, you know, films, the films I didn't think were so bad. Yeah. Uh, and I guess from an animation and, and art standpoint, I thought the films were fine. I still prefer the original aesthetic, but I thought the films were were totally reasonable. Mm. It's certainly quite like categorically different than than the TV show. If anything, I thought the film suffered just from I don't know that just because Berserk is is I guess not a story that is told as well in a film format. You know, like so much of Berserk and, and kind of the emotional nuance and poignancy of Berserk hinges on space, I think, and, and hinges on kind of the space between characters and the space between events and having these sorts of kind of quiet, reflective moments that are easy to weave into a TV show, but much more difficult to effectively communicate in film. You know, when you're watching the Berserk movies, I feel like, you know, you've created a, a laundry list of plot points and you just move right down the list you're like all right this yeah. and then that happens and then this happens uh and it, it's kind of all plot and no ambiance and berserk is a show that the story that really has both and i think the original um uh, adaptation the original anime adaptation does a very good job of of giving you both and yeah, it's Anime gives you neither, really, but it's whatever. Yeah. They tried. I don't think they tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the story's there at least, but yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I've never seen. Uh, I actually haven't seen any of Prisoner ever. Well, I know what we're doing a deep. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a deep dive of Berserk, and we need to do a deep dive of Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal yeah. Alchemist. Yeah, because I haven't seen either of them, and Dan argues that the new one is better. No, the old uh, one. Old one. Okay, the old the one is better. The only one that thinks the old one is better. You are you are the unpopular opinion. Yeah, uh, it's been years. I so I couldn't I couldn't give you an honest. <laughs> Wait, which one I thought was better? I liked I liked the the length of the original. It was like straight to the point. I think we should rewatch this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is this is a topic I've been I've been wanting to state my case for the original. I know. To, to anybody that'll listen for a long time. That should maybe that should be our first deep dive. Yeah. Right. Because I'm literally I mean like next because of this dang coronavirus um you know re-zero is delayed so there's one less anime that i'm watching next season word hmm. all right yeah is, is baltimore still under a state of emergency yes actually i have no idea um Do you, are you still going to work amelia oh yeah um because uh you know businesses that are, are essential to life um are to remain open and essential is Starbucks. <laughs> Apparently. Word. <laughs> now Starbucks only closes on, uh, on uh, some of them close on Christmas and then or, and or like extreme inclement weather. So like if you get snowed in with five feet of snow and nobody can come in, but otherwise like you're finding a way in. Word. <laughs> Jeff, are you going to work? Yeah, I have to go to work. Yeah, I do. I can't I guess wait for yours, your place isn't like 250 people or more. No, no, but Kara, she'll be home for the next two weeks, I think. Hell yeah. That's nice. Yeah, yeah there's literally, there's like not, not too much new anime coming out next season, like at all. Hmm. And a thing... lot of it is second seasons. Okay. Is, is Kara on, on salary? Yeah. 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 So she's good. Okay. Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she has to work from home regardless. But nobody really works from home. Yeah. Sometimes a guy works from home. <laughs> okay. So what what exactly is coming out next season, Amelia? Okay. So the things that I'm excited for are Kaguya-sama: Love Is War season two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I am caught up in the manga, so I already know what's happening, but I just need it to be in anime form. Like, mm-hmm. I need it. Um, I just recently like binged all of my teen romantic comedy snafu because I saw that there was a third season coming out, and it's always been one that I've like tried to watch, and I was like, you know, I would watch the first episode and get like halfway through, and then like completely die of boredom. But then, like, um, but then I like powered through it, and I got through the the, the boring part, in the boring first episode, and uh, binged the whole. So that their third season's coming out. Um, uh, like the new Sword Art Online, um, part two, Fruits Basket season two, Food Wars the fifth plate, um, like Ascendant of a Bookworm part two. There's like a lot of that. No Guns Life two. Um, then, like, 
do you guys remember Otacon? I guess it was this past year. Um, Trigger announced that like uh, anthropomorphic animal anime called BNA. Yeah. That that's yeah. coming out, and I'm interested in that um, because they are because we saw it at Otacon, and um, it's a new Trigger anime, so. I'm gonna watch it, but um, I think it is coming out on Netflix, so I don't think it'll actually be like able to be seen for like us until next, next until like summer season. Like Beast that. Wars. Right. Yeah. What did you think of of my teen snafu? Um. All again. Um. My teen rom- romantic comedy snafu. Um, or uh, the the American or English like title is um, my teen romantic comedy is not as I expected or something like that. <laughs> it's really long. It's yeah. a, it's just like a, it's a mouthful. Um, it's like a slice of life um, anime about like a club, a specific club at a school. It's called the service club, and what they do is like, um, if someone needs help doing something, they will help them do whatever the thing is that they ask. Um, and it's like there's no conditions for your thing to be like approved or unapproved. It's just like if they feel like doing it. And it's like two um, two characters who are very socially awkward, and so it's like they're them trying to be not socially awkward anymore by being in the club. And this one teacher is specifically like um, rooting for them and she'll come in and check on them and she'll give them like people that need help doing something so that they can, you know, work as a team and come together and make friends and like be a functioning member of society. Um, And uh, they, so yeah, it's just, it's just like, you know, and then there's some kind of like a uh, love triangle happening that um, slowly over time comes into play. It's not about that in the beginning, but like as these characters progress in their relationships with each other, they um, they form bonds between each other that could potentially be broken in the next season. It's definitely an anime I would like. <laughs> <laughs> I love triangles. Yeah. You know, that uh, reality TV life. (laughs) Yeah, what are the top anime love triangles? There's your list. Oh, uh, Naruto. Team 7. Yeah, I guess that is... is, Yeah, that is... I laid it on. Anime love triangle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess Macross? Macross? Love triangle? Oh, I've never seen Macross. Well, maybe I'm confusing my sense of of triangle. (laughs) (laughs) Like love squares. Well, no, because like well, um, uh, zero two Ichigo. Um, what is his name? Heroes. Yeah. So love triangle just needs to be like, like that. It doesn't need to be like both both of these, right? (laughs) <laughs> like if it's two two people pining for the same person, yeah, yeah that's Macross, it. Macross fits yeah. that nicely, and that's a good yeah. one. Um, 
Naruto, Darling the Franks. Nana. Nana with with the um, the guy from Blackstones and the guy from Trap Nest. Oh, do they both? Because they both love Nana. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's a pretty juicy one. That's yeah. A juicy one because then Nana gets pregnant and they're all like, "Well, who's the dad?" And the Trap Nest guy is like, "I'll step up and be the father, regardless of." You know, it's actually the the dad. You know, I will claim this child, and then the other guy is like, "I'm a fucking wimp. I won't." You know, I just want to run away, and everybody talks shit to him and is mean to him. But uh, it's juicy, yeah. I'm like, damn, that's a rare steak right there. That's some juicy shit. Oh, fucking Peach Girl! Did y'all see Peach Girl? Did not watch Peach, Peach Girl. Oh man. Now that is some reality TV drama. It's literally just a love triangle. Right. And it's every every day it's it's uh, Momo like liking the person that's wrong for her and then the person who is right for her like staying by her side and sticking up for her. Mm. That one's so juicy. If you could watch that, it's so, I mean maybe it's not an easy watch for you guys, but it was such an easy watch for me like i i could watch all of peach girl in like one day well you know you know what else has some great uh real world love triangle to it school days oh <laughs> school days yes that might actually be the penultimate in a different yeah. way that is the penultimate anime love triangle oh yes oh my gosh I hate how much everyone hates school days. Do people like, hate it? People hate it. I mean, like, if you if you were to look it up on YouTube, most people are like, oh, this fucking sucks. This is, like, the dumbest thing. Like, oh, of course, it's predictable. Um, uh, these people can't appreciate the finer things in life, man. That's what I feel <laughs> like. You know, like, not everything has to be great. Sometimes it's, it's cool to just you know be be bad and embrace the badness you know you got to embrace the scum embrace the the bullshit you know right. like yeah, it's one thing if that. you... that's a, that's my spiritual anime energy is yeah. embracing the trash yeah like if you if you try to be great and fail then that's bad but if you try to be bad and succeed that's actually quite good in my opinion yeah, exactly. yeah that's, that's great <laughs> Wait, is this a show where the boyfriend wants to kill? The girl kills him. Or the girl kills a guy. Is yeah. it one way or the other? The girl. Yeah, the girl. He's a total shithead. <laughs> he gets killed. He's a total shithead. Yeah, he becomes one. like a weird sex addict and starts yeah, sleeping with every character. The yeah. first like two episodes, you're like, oh, it's just like you know, he's like a normal main character. Like he's probably an asshole, but like whatever. But then like he progressively gets worse and worse where you're like oh my god i want to kill him <laughs> and then someone does it for you yeah then in Whoa. the end the uh yeah the girl one of the girls that just just like goes batshit crazy and and kind of shuts down psychologically because she can't handle being rejected by this guy then she snaps and kills him and kills the other girl that he is officially in a relationship with although he's like constantly sleeping around and cheating on her and she but, knows it and yeah she knows it. she knows it 
And yeah, the uh, the losing her mind girl kills her. And then this is the part they censored. Apparently, she like opens up her pregnant stomach, and they you like have a shot where you see you're like from the fetus's eyes. You see her standing <laughs> over this like giant open wound in this pregnant girl's stomach. Uh, but oh boy, that was that was censored apparently... in the anime with um, it panning out the window at a boat scene. Yeah, actually, the uh, the drummer the drummer of Naval saw the boat. The, he saw the boat broadcast. I was I was very impressed. I was mm-hmm. like, "You're fucking that's that's a little piece of anime history right there." Yeah, it is. Huh. So wait, it was banned. The yes. last episode, rather than showing the last episode, they showed a thirty minute still shot of a boat. Uh, I think I thought that was the story. Uh, Okay. That began I, the nice boat meme. I feel like I watched literally the last two episodes uh, at Otakon. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Did and you I, see the, the, the leading up two episodes before that? Yeah, just I saw think so. I just remember being like, what the, what is going on? Yeah, what? I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I, I can get one like the endings of things but that like literally the ringer those last two episodes i was like what the fuck is happening oh my god i thought this was just a nice like love triangle anime yeah but i i loved it the whole way through i, I was riding for him you know by the time he became a full-blown sex addict i was like damn dude this shit's hot man <laughs> Yo, my juice is flowing, man. This oh is- my god, dude. He, he, how many, I feel like he slept with like four girls at the school festival. Yeah. Ah. Good player. I need a, I need an actual account of that, but I'm pretty sure he slept with four. Or at least tried to sleep with four. Yeah. Watch, uh, Please Teacher. I didn't watch I it. I have that. We have that, actually. Okay. I, I feel like there is some similar uh, love triangle relationships going on, but it was with a student and their teacher. Hot. Like Dawson's Creek. And like what, about, Creek. Uh, what about Scum's Wish? Yeah, the Scum's Wish was just floating around my mind, too. That's also... Uh, Scum's Wish, yeah. I, I actually don't think Scum's Wish is trashy, really. Or like, oh, absolutely you know, not. I will argue I guess, anyone who calls it trashy. Well, it's I guess got a lot of meaning. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think if you like, if we th- if we're thinking trashy, like oh, everybody's just sleeping around and getting all caught up in their feels, then oh, sure, surface level is trashy. But actually, I thought Scum's Wish was a, a very emotionally gripping show, and and really had a lot to say about the nature of relationships and yeah, the. Uh, I don't know the power of lust versus the power of love. You know stuff like the um, when when the main character's friend is uh, kind of pressures her to sleep with her and uh, is kind of like I know that she doesn't actually want to sleep with me, but I don't really care because I feel like I really need this emotionally. I'm like, damn, dude, that that's quite bleak, and is surely something. You know, that everybody, most likely everybody does at some point, you know, in their weaker moments or in their, you know, immature moments. And, yeah, you know, it's like, 
it's a very dark but a very real way of looking about sex and relationships mm-hmm. yeah an anime doesn't they they t- tend to uh in anime shows you know they tend to um shy around the bush a little bit they don't they don't just get to it you know what i mean it's like oh well maybe we'll get together they won't you know maybe they'll maybe they'll kiss but yeah for like 20 episodes but this is just like straight to the point um, yeah and i, yeah. I want to i want to draw a differentiation between that versus domestic girlfriend as we think about shows that are like trying to explore complex relationships or, or complex sexuality because domestic girlfriend i think tries to pivot itself in a way where it's kind of has a foot in both worlds where it's at once kind of trashy and preposterous but also is like trying to be more nuanced in how it uh you know how these characters grapple with their you know kind of trashy relationships you know mm-hmm. and i think scum's wish uh i think i think domestic girlfriend kind of fails in this or rather like the the uh layers of nuance that are attempted in domestic girlfriend kind of just just wash right over me or like mm-hmm. I, it doesn't resonate with me at all to watch this guy trying to grapple with his emotions for these women because i'm just like the whole premise is just kind of stupid so I, I don't really buy his his nuanced feelings uh versus scum's wish i felt like i saw a little bit of myself in each of these characters and as they grappled with their own emotional shortcomings it made me feel like uh you know i too have been this person at different points in my life and i too have been this person other points in my life and you know these are also things that i have struggled with and i think that's why it didn't seem trashy to me at all yeah i agree i agree um i think that's one of my favorite shows from when did it come out like three years ago Maybe it could be. I'd, I'd marathon the entire show in one day. <laughs> it's quick. For a friend, yeah. I, I couldn't, so couldn't put it down. You know, some shows are just easy. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to our first episode. We are still working out our current recording setup and hope our audio production improves over time. But in our next episode, we will be continuing our discussion on Masaki Yuasa, a sort of companion piece to this episode. I would like to thank Francis Dempster for providing the theme song. And you can find us at ohcpodcast.squarespace.com. (laughs) 